We are in week two of a talk series called Untying the Knots. And yes, it is spelled correctly, all right? In this particular series, this really is what we're talking about because this is a study of some odd things Jesus said not to do. Now, when I use the word odd, what I mean is Jesus says don't do some things, and really our first response when we hear them is, I wish that were true for me. A lot of times when people tell us don't do something, it makes us want to do the opposite. When Jesus says don't do something, it really, we want it, but honestly what he says almost leaves us feeling like, Jesus, that's impossible. Jason already made reference to the fact, and we've been singing about it all morning, last week was the first not, it was do not fear. Do not fear. Um, If you didn't get to hear last week, I encourage you to go online, check it out. Today's not may feel even more unrealistic, because today's not is do not worry. Do not worry. Now, how absurd is that? Right? Like, come on, Jesus, are you kidding? I mean, don't get me wrong, I I wish, I I want that, but I can't help it. I mean, that's just kind of how we approach it. I can't help it. I can't stop worrying. Very early in Jesus' teaching, This is the way he said it, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, therefore I tell you, how clear is this, do not worry. Now that's just, that's a direct, a direct command from, from Jesus himself, do not worry. I think some questions can help us set this up. Questions like this, who of you by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? None of you. But actually, who of you, by worrying, has probably taken a year off of your life? Yeah, probably a bunch of us in the room. In fact, who of you, by worrying, is driving people in your life out of their mind? Who of you, by worrying, has upgraded your wardrobe? Who of you, by worrying, has reduced your grocery bill? Who of you, by worrying, has added value to what you value most? You see, Jesus knows what we all know, but we often forget worry does not help anything. Therefore, he says, I tell you, let's go back. Let's go back. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. But that leads us to the hard part. How? 
okay, Jesus, you, t- you say don't worry, but how am I supposed to do that? And, and I, I want to just, this is kind of just a, a little added. If, if you are not a follower, a believer of Jesus, I would just want to toss out there what Jesus has to say about worry. His alternative to worry, I would think, is, a, is alone enough to make you want to say, I might just want to check out who he is. How Jesus can handle something so monumental as worry really would make me want to go, you know what? I want to know, who is this Jesus who has such wisdom? Here's what he says. Let's keep going. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Clue. What you, what's the word? Will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear. Jesus, as he starts this conversation, attaches worry to will. In other words, worries about later, Jesus says. Do you understand that worry is always about later? And, and what Jesus does here is he, he talks about the primary concerns for the first century, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. Is that our primary concerns? No, it's not. Most of you, most of you are not worried about what you're going to eat today. Well, maybe you're worried about what you're going to eat, but you're not worried about if you're going to have something to eat. You're not worried about getting clean water to drink today. And when you say, I don't have anything to wear, it doesn't exactly mean that, does it? I'm saying those primary concerns that Jesus puts out there are really not the primary concerns that most of us wrestle with. In fact, if the people in that day would look at all of us, you know what they would determine? Those people, obviously, they don't ever worry because they got plenty of food, they got plenty to drink, and they got plenty of clothes to wear. That's when we would quickly step in and go, oh, we got worries. We got worries. Ours is just a different list because we're worried about tuition. Uh, we're, we're worried about uh, um, our kids. We're worried about bills. We're, we're worried about our marriage. We're worried, and, and we, we got our list. But what I want us to realize is that no matter what you put on the list, worry is always about what you will. It's about later. That's where Jesus starts. He keeps going. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Now, this is absolutely brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. It's just we tend to read it, and we just move on. It is brilliant. What Jesus is asking here is, isn't it true that your life is more than what you worry about? Isn't it true that your life is more than what you worry about. Even if you said health, isn't it true that your life, it's about even more than your health? And you're like, well, well, yeah, if you're gonna talk about purpose and and if you're gonna talk about legacy and if you're gonna, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Your life itself is worth more. 
than what you worry about. We tend to equate life with what we worry about. But life is really bigger than that, Jesus says. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Okay, Jesus, who has time to look at the birds of the air? Honestly, we got schoolwork that needs to be done. I got, some, I got some stuff for my job that needs to be done tomorrow. Who has time to look at the birds, Jesus? That's what old people do, all right? Who's got time to look at the birds? He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, Jesus is not promoting irresponsibility. This is not, I don't need to study, but God will help me pass. That's not what this is. This is not, I don't need to fill out the application, God's just going to give me the job. That's not what this is. Jesus is not promoting irresponsibility. But what he is saying in this verse is, do you not see you have an advantage over all other nature? I mean, you can sow and reap. You know that you can put seeds in the ground. You know that there can be a harvest from that. You, unlike any of the other creatures, you can think ahead. You can plan for tomorrow. Birds can't do that, but God cares for them. So why would you worry? Because are you not much more valuable than they? And here comes the questions. Verse 27, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? More questions. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? I'm going to sum all that up with, I think, the question Jesus is driving toward. Do you trust that God can and will take care of you. If God has done what he's done for nature, that's what he's saying. If, if you are more valuable than the grass, you are more valuable than the flowers, you are more valuable than the birds, you who are made in the image of God, can we not trust him with our future? And there's a funny thing that Jesus does here when he uses this little phrase, you of little faith. When he uses this little phrase, you of little faith, Jesus does something funny 
um, that we kind of, the language doesn't lend itself in most of the translations, but Jesus takes a couple of words and he does something with a couple of words that you don't find anywhere else in the Bible. In fact, you don't find these couple of words together anywhere else in all Greek literature. Anywhere. He puts two little words together and it would actually translate like this, you little faithers you. And I think that's exactly what the people did that day. They just kind of giggled. You little faithers you. And he just kind of smiles and he says, so you see the, tr- the problem? It's trust. That's it. The, the, the problem is confidence in God. So here's what we do. And when I say we, I'm saying we. Here's what we do. We don't wake up today trusting that God will handle tomorrow. We don't. So instead, I drag tomorrow into today. And I overwhelm my heart with the emotion of not only what I have to deal with today, but what's going to happen tomorrow. That's what we do. I don't trust God today with tomorrow. So I drag tomorrow into today. Not only am I dealing with the emotion of today, but I'm dealing with the emotion of tomorrow. And very soon, my heart is overwhelmed. Don't drag the concerns of tomorrow into today, he says. If you do, you will worry. Verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Verse 32. For the pagans. When you hear the word pagans in this text, I think Jesus is just simply saying everybody else. I don't think he's using a derogatory type word here. He's just saying, you know all the people that don't trust me? You know all the people that don't really believe who I am? He's saying, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So what if? What if you were absolutely confident? That your heavenly father knows. What if you heard God whisper, I know? No, really, what if you heard God whisper, I know? Right after you stopped freaking out and then texting everybody that you actually just heard God, wouldn't wouldn't that seem to like handle about 90% of the problem? It's like if I heard God say, I know. Well, that's exactly what he's saying here. I know. The one who dies and rises for you says, I know what you need. So here's your alternative. The pagans run after all these things. People that don't believe in me, they run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He says, but seek first. Now, here's what I want you to know. Those two terms are the exact same word, exact same term. 
So you could read this, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but you run after. We'll finish it in a minute. Or you could read it, for the pagans seek first all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but you seek first. It's the same term. Worry is about chasing things that you can never get because it's always about tomorrow. So instead, I want you to run after something that matters. Something where you can make a difference. And the answer, verse 33, is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Instead of running after what you can't control, he says, I want you to run after the kingdom of God. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about God's reign, God's rule, and through the lives of his people. It's, this is the stuff that God cares about. This is the activity of God. In other words, when you are tempted to worry about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. Oh my, that works. Make sure you get it. When you are tempted to worry about tomorrow, I'm worried about something, it's out here, and this could happen. He says, when you are tempted to worry about tomorrow, look for a way to participate instead in what God's doing today. We're going to come back to that. But first, Jesus is going to relabel everything that you and I worry about. Verse 34. Verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about, and I got a blank there for you because I, I want you to fill in the blank for you. What, what, do not worry about. All right, we probably don't have time for your whole list. All right, so pick two. All right, two things, two things that, that you are worried about. You're, you're, you're locking this away. Therefore, do not worry about. You got it? And now Jesus is going to relabel everything that we worry about. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. He says, do you understand that when you worry, it's always always about tomorrow. So, let's say that you worry about um, your grades. Let's say that you worry about your job, your work. Um, I'm going to let this be a representative for that. Um, I thought about, like, bringing a textbook today, and then I thought, how old school is that, right? Because, I mean, hardly anybody reads the books anymore. So this is going to represent my work for me in a way. Maybe this represents your work. This is where you keep your stuff, your info. This is where you run. So here's what Jesus says. When you're worried about things like school, your grades, your work, he says, I want you to relabel it. I want you to relabel it. Tomorrow. Because that's really what you're worried about. Man, I hope that comes off. (laughs) 
You're worried about tomorrow. He says, I, I, want, you to, I want you to relabel those things. All right? If you're worried about um, your finances, don't let this represent that. And if this were yours, you'd be worried, right? If this, this represents your finances, you're worried about bills that need to be paid, um, you're worried about having enough, you know, hours, you're, you're worried about finances. Jesus says, well, then do you understand you need to relabel what you're really dealing with here? It's tomorrow. What, what you're worried about you can't control it today, right? So if you're worried about your grades, what can you do today? Do a little studying today. Do a little studying today. Go over, go over what, what you need to work on. Are you, are you doing today? What, 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 given today, you got some notes, you, you, you study. Uh, uh, what, what can you do about, about your finances? Well, you, you, you're smart in, in how you handle today, but what you're really worried about, it's, it's something you can't control. It's, it's tomorrow. We'll just, we'll just leave that there. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your health. You're worried about your health, and Jesus said, do you understand? You just need to re, re, relabel. I'm worried about my health, that one of these days. He's like, well, instead of worrying about tomorrow, what you can't control, instead... What can you do today? I can eat a little smarter. I can make sure that I'm walking a little more. I, I, can, I can do some smart things today that, that he tells me, that good, good steward, right? But, but not worrying about tomorrow. But sometimes we have to relabel in order to really be able to see. Maybe, maybe it's the interview that you've got coming up. It's like, okay. That, that's coming. I mean, what you can do, you, you think through today how, how you want to answer some questions, but you can't, you can't control that next Wednesday. You can't. Just sitting around worrying about it. He says, do you realize that's, that's tomorrow? You're, you're worried about safety for your kids, right? Always worried about something's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. Have you been a parent long enough to figure out how not in control we are? And you make smart decisions. You try to take care of your kids, but there's just a big part of this where it's just a tomorrow that you cannot control. He says, I, I want you to do some relabeling. The things that you're worried about. God says, I, I got this. He says, I, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. He really says that. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And this is the part in the talk where we all agree how incredibly clear and simple that is. But it's the part where if I gave you the chance, you would quick to jump to your feet and say, but Jeff... Let me tell you what I'm going through, and then you would understand how that is different than everything else. 
Let me tell you what I'm dealing with right now. Let me tell you what the worries are on my heart right now. Let, let me tell you what, what I'm wrestling with, and then you will understand. And this is the part. This is the part where we hear what Jesus says. Some of you knew this section was in there. I mean, you, you've read it. You know that Jesus talks about worry, but there really is a big section of God's people that just kind of go, I know, and I wish it was that way, but that's just not reality. Y'all, come on, that's sin. That's sin. That's sin when I'm really not trusting what Jesus calls me to trust. What if you really believed? Seriously, what if you really believed that God knows what you need and will be there for tomorrow? And here's my next question. Why not? Why wouldn't you believe? Now maybe your answer to those questions would go something like this, because maybe you're not a Jesus follower. Maybe there's been some things in your past that would, would lead you, you know, to, that this would be your first response. It's absurd. That's why, Jeff, I think it's absurd. Maybe you would say in a little kinder way, I, I, I'm not sure it'll work. Or maybe you would just be brutally honest and your response would be more like this, I'm not sure God will come through. Because maybe there's been some moments where you thought he should have come through differently. You thought he should have done something different. But here's what I want us to see today. If you choose not to place your trust in God, then you are choosing to place your trust in worry. That, that's, that's your option. If I'm, if I'm not going to put my trust in God, then what I'm putting my trust in is worry. And so actually this is the way it should have happened today. It should have happened that I came out here and, and, and I welcomed you and I said, I'm so glad you're here. And here is the message today. The message today is trust in worry with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge worry and worry will direct your path. Worry will make your life better. Put your faith in worry. If I came out here and preached that, some of you would, would say, that's absurd. Some of you would say, I know it will not work. The reason I know it will not work is because I've been trying it for years and years and years and years. And some of you would say, I know worry will not come through. I believe that Jesus repeated this message. I think he repeated it often. In fact, when we look right before the cross, just hours before Jesus is arrested, he gathers his group of followers together and 
he says, we need to go over this one more time. Now, they're in the presence of Jesus, but they are worried. And what they're worried about is he's saying, I'm leaving. He's saying, I'm going. And they're worried about him leaving them. So at the very end, Jesus leans in. And in John chapter 14, here's how Jesus says it to them this time. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And I mean, he just goes right to the heart of what he's already been teaching along the way. He goes right to the heart. This is a matter of trust. Don't let your hearts be anxious. Don't let your hearts worry. Believe. This is trust. Trust in God. Trust in me. And then eventually, I can't give you all of John chapter 14, although it's a good one. John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He covers week one and week two for us. He says, I can offer you peace that is different than the kind of peace you think about in this world. Because I can give you peace that is not determined by perfect circumstances. I can give you peace that is not determined by you being in control of everything. And then Jesus dies. And there's no peace, and they are completely uncertain, and they are worried about everything. That's exactly how it goes down. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to give you peace. Then he dies, and there's no peace. There's no peace, and they are anxious. They are worried about it all. But then, Jesus comes walking out of a tomb, and suddenly, this idea of not worrying about tomorrow makes sense. Because if a guy can predict he's going to die and three days later walks out of a tomb and then says, don't worry about tomorrow, I got it. Oh, that makes sense. He says, I'm trustworthy. Oh, that makes sense. Trusting God suddenly with their future makes perfect sense. Do not worry. And just so you know, 30 plus years later, 30 plus years later, the Apostle Paul comes along. He's a Jesus follower. He trusts in him. And there's a place in the book of Philippians where Paul is talking to worried Christians. The reason they're worried is because their circumstances are not good. They are being pressed. They are being persecuted. And in the middle of their not-so-good circumstances, this is what the Apostle Paul says to them in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. The Lord is near Do not be anxious about what? Anything. The Lord is near, so do not worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
and the, here we go. Just like Jesus said. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's wild. It's the message all throughout Scripture. It is the consistent picture all the way through. You believe in him, you trust in him, he says, here's what you get. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Why does it, why does it transcend understanding? Because it doesn't make any sense for you to be in the circumstances that you're in. For you to be dealing with the health issues that you're dealing with. For you to be dealing with the financial issues that you're dealing with. It doesn't make any sense for you to have peace. That's because he says, I give you peace not like the world gives you peace. I give you peace of God. This is that I know your name. And I know everything that you need. And I care about you. I love you. I will give you peace. Not the kind of peace that comes from having enough money in the bank. That's the kind of peace some of you are after. And you just keep thinking, if I, if, if I could put like a little bit in the bank, I would have peace. If I could put a little bit of money in the bank, I would have peace. And then for all the people that have a little bit in the money in the bank, they're going, if I could just have a little bit more in the bank, and I would have peace. And then for the people who have a little bit more, they're going, if, if I could just, that, if it just a little bit more, and then I think I would have peace. He goes, nope, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, hey, I got the scholarship. I, I have peace. School, school is set. I know, I know where I'm going. I got, nope. He said, I'm not talking about that, that kind of peace. I'm not talking about that your health is perfect kind of peace. I'm talking about that God knows your name, knows every need, cares for you, loves for you kind of peace. Paul and the early Christians, they knew this. It's 30 years after the resurrection. And people are asking those Christians, how are you guys dealing with what you're going through? How are you not reacting? How are you not vindictive? How are you not worried? And I think those early Christians would say, because Jesus taught us we got two options. We can trust in worry or we can trust in him. That's the only way we know how to explain it. We tried trusting in worry for a long time. No peace. But since we've trusted in Jesus, there is peace. So I just want to make sure that um, at least you kind of heard what Jesus is talking about today. And I just want to challenge you with a few things before I pray. And we're going to wrap this up. Here's, here's, here's some challenges because... Some of you are in the habit of worrying. It's what you do. You worry about everything. Everything that comes up, you are dragging tomorrow into today, and you are overcome with the emotion of it all. You got to change the habit. You got to change the habit. You got to change how you, how you see it. And so here's the first challenge. You ready? This is, this is just remarkable. You ready? You got to begin your day. Declaring your trust in God. You got to begin your day declaring your trust in God. You hear messages like this. You read passages like this. Some of you read devotions every once in a while like this. It's like, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm still kind of struggling. And if I ask the question, are you starting every day declaring your trust in God? It would be like, well, sometimes. 
Sometimes I do. Because sometimes you wake up thinking about the thing that you went to sleep worried about. It's like, but if you will start your day declaring your trust in God. It's like, I really wish I had a tool to do that that would help me. Well, how about this one? It's called 1%. If, if you've been around here for a couple of weeks at least, hopefully you have seen it, and I'm just continuing to push this your direction. 1% is where we are together kind of reading through a chapter of the Gospels, one a day between now and the end of the year. And then out of that, there are a few questions for you to think through. You jot down a few things, which really makes you focus when you got to write something down. And then there are some, some prayer focus points that, that you can actually pray. And during that time, you, you could just kind of say, God, here's what I'm worried about. You know. But instead, I want to trust. I want to trust. Some of you need to take the time to read the passage out loud. Like, read the chapter out loud. Get you a place where you can read it out loud. And then focus on a few verses. Answer the questions. No, like, really write it down. Are you ever going to get to the point that you are tired of worrying and that you're ready to fight for something different. How long are you going to go trusting in worry, not having peace, getting tired? When are you instead going to start fighting for a different way to see it? Start your day on your knees. Start your day praying. This is the way I like to describe it. When you pray, praying is like putting worry in reverse, all right? In my old red truck, this is how reverse worked, all right? I had an old red truck for a long time. Still had actually had to, this is reverse, all right? Because here's how it works. When When you trust in worry, so you're going forward, you're trusting in worry. Isn't it amazing? Worry will make the things that you're worried about seem way out of proportion big. But when you pray, it's like putting it in reverse, and suddenly the thing that I was worried about tomorrow is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But you know why it's getting smaller? Because now I'm seeing it in the perspective of how big God is. That's what prayer does. Prayer puts worry in reverse. I challenge you to start. Start your day declaring your trust with God. Second challenge, some of you really need to relabel your worry tomorrow. Okay, relabel your worry tomorrow. Think about the things that you really do worry about. Maybe, maybe it's your work. Um, like some of you really might need to get a label and put that label on the things that you really do worry about the most to remind you to where every time you take your wallet out of your pocket, you're reminded, I'm going to be wise with what God told me to be wise with today, but I'm going to stop worrying about what I can't control. Now, I understand that putting a label on your wallet seems silly. Does it not? Are are some of you right now going, that is silly. That is silly to put a label on your wallet that says tomorrow. And here's my question, which is more silly. Putting the label on your wallet or living another day 
worrying about what you can't control. Which is more silly? Which is more foolish? Labeling some stuff? Or going another week, pulling the emotion of tomorrow into today, and then crying out to God because you can't handle it. And he's going, because that is not the plan. That is not the plan. Third and last, when you, when worried about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. Can I tell you how this works? This works if you will do it. Here's how it, here's how it goes. I'm, I'm worried about my health. So I say, God, you tell me you're in control of tomorrow. Here's the thing I can do today, but I'm trusting in you. But here's where it goes. So you know the next move for me? Pray for someone who is struggling with their health. Send a text to someone who is struggling with their health. Write a note and send it to someone who is struggling with their health. Pick, actually, talk to somebody who is struggling with their health. You see what I'm saying? Instead of me just worrying about something I can't control, instead I can step into what God is doing today. He wants to encourage the people around me who are going through struggles, and he'll use me to do that. So when I start to worry, it's a trigger that, kick, that kicks in this kingdom mentality that says instead of me worrying about my stuff, I'm going to step into somebody else's stuff and see if I can't encourage them and pray for them and love on them a little bit, and you will be shocked what that does for your worry. You will be shocked at how suddenly the worry is not what overwhelms you anymore as you love the people around you. It's almost like God says, you worry about my kingdom and I'll worry about yours. You worry about my kingdom, and I'll worry about yours. Because come on, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Who of you, by worrying, instead has probably taken a year off of your life? Who of you, by worrying, is driving the people in your life out of their minds. Who of you, by worrying, has ever upgraded your wardrobe? Who of you, by worrying, has ever reduced your grocery bill? Who of you, by worrying, has added value to what you value most? And when we walk away going, worry does absolutely no good. Then we hear Jesus' words, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Don't borrow the emotion from tomorrow. Trust in the eternal Father who cares about you today. I want you to believe him. I want you to fight for believing him. God, give us faith to trust what you say. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song that declares that trust. 
It is a song that declares the gospel, a good news of Jesus who died for us, Jesus who rises again. I want to encourage you today, if you need prayer, there are going to be some people around the room. Hey, it's why we're here. It is not to just go through a talk like this and go, hmm, that made me think. No, it's to drive us to say, hey, Jesus, I want to trust you. God, I, I really want to trust you. Here's, here's my stuff. Here's my stuff. Today I want to label it. I want to label it, and I want it to be different. There'll be some people around the room willing to pray with you. If you've never trusted this Jesus, I'm, I'm sticking by what I said earlier. Are you kidding me? Maybe he's worth checking out a little closer. Who is this Jesus? Let's pray. God, it is much easier for me to stand up here and say these things versus walking off this stage and doing this week what I said that you said we should do. And God, we all acknowledge that. And this is, this is dangerous territory. It really is. It's so dangerous because a lot of us have heard this warning, but we just continue to plod along as though it's impossible. And what that means is our lives do not reflect that we trust you. God, that matters more than anything. So I'm asking you to help us to actually do something with what we've been given today. I'm asking you to help us to fight for those, those starting our day the right way. God, help us to actually put some time to relabeling those things. God, help us in the middle of our worry to join you in what you're doing in your kingdom, that you will change our mind and you will change our heart and that we will know peace. As we sing now, will you help us to believe a Jesus who really did die for us, really did rise, you really do care, you really do love. God, I'm asking for those who are struggling today that they could sense your presence, that they can hear your words today, and that they can know real peace. Thanks for the time together today, God. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for what you're going to do. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray.